We, um, we, we really do have um, people who, for some reason, vote for these things, these, these rock and roll songs. Every summer, this happens, every spring, I should say. And, uh, and, and I, I just learned something this morning. I, I always thought it was because you did really want to hear that particular message again. I didn't know it had anything to do with the music. So, um, you, you, you know, you, you learn these things. No, um, I'm kidding, of course. Elevation, we did this um, the first time, and the, uh, really the only time, um, uh, 11-1906. That was part of our uh, finding, faith in, uh, finding Faith in Rock and Roll. I believe it was four. Um, I, I can't, I may be wrong on that. But anyway, um, and we talked about that being elevated beyond self, which is really the concept that I think Bono was on to here. And that's where I want to kind of uh, pick it up and talk about that uh, for the rest of our, just our time here. It's just being more concerned about the vertical relationship between me and God than it is about horizontal, than, than just me and my stuff. Not that relationships aren't important, they are, but the most important relationship is that with our Creator. And uh, that's, what it means to have, that's what it means to have a vertical relationship. That's, that's the, the concept here. It's sort of a trust, a belief, if you will, that there's somehow uh, in, in the whole big spectrum of life, something more is going on than just meets the eye. And we know that. And um, sometimes it's easy to forget that, just in sort of the grind and so forth. So we're going to do that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you to this. What happens? Just kind of bring you into my study for just a moment or my office. Um, whenever we do these, these things, these, these best of, and I go back and I see my notes, and, and I usually have a, a couple of different sets of notes that I keep. And I look, at, and, and oftentimes I will go back and I'll say, you know what, I, I, wanted, I should have done this or I should have done this uh, or whatever. And, and that's exactly what happened with this. I'm going to use the same passage from the Bible that we used back in, uh, this, back in uh, November of uh, 06. But I've changed a lot of other stuff and, and, and kind of reconstructed the whole message um, in a different kind of way. Because I'm going to talk to you uh, a lot about this one theme of, of elevated living is a 24-7 vertical relationship with Christ, and it changes how you live. I'm going to talk to you about that. And, uh, but in doing so, I want to take you to this passage in the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, it's from the New Testament book of Colossians. And um, he, really, he really talks about here <clears throat> excuse me, the reality of what it means to not just live just for today, but to be kind of thinking a, a little bigger spectrum in mind. I'll show you what I mean. Uh, this is Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. We're going to go through four verses here. Here's a scripture reading. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, he's talking to the follower of Christ here. He says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where, where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Be vertical, thinking vertical relationships. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth. For you died when Christ died. Again, this is to the person who has faith in Christ. You died when Christ died, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your real life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So what he's saying here, there's something more going on than merely what is visible. Uh, Life should have this thing, I'll call it an eternal perspective. So I want to take that same passage. Now, I'm going to do something a little different here. I'm going to take that same passage, and I'm going to to get you to look at it with me in a um, 
different translation. This is a really more of a paraphrase. It kind of, I'll show you why I'm doing it in just a moment. This is from the message paraphrase. Same, same exact verses. Watch this. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Watch this. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. And when Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ was. So what he's telling us here, you know, when he, when he goes back, go back on that. I want to just read those first two verses of that again where he says, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life, um, Act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with things right in front of you. We're we're talking about elevation. We're talking about elevated living. It is everyday vertical relationship with Christ, and that changes how you live. So, I want to just pick it up there, and we're going to talk about that. you know, elevation in one sense is just living with a continual consciousness of, of the presence of God. Some say, and, and I, I'd be careful with this, but some say that really prayer is just a continual conscious awareness of God who's with us. And I, and I believe that. I, I also believe there's also uh, a time when we should just, just, you know, close our eyes or look to heaven or however you're comfortable. Many ways to pray. I don't know if you know that or not. Bible's gives you many positions in which you can pray in. There's only one that I haven't found, and that is with your face in the pillow. But um, any, just kidding, just kidding. You can pray that way too. It's just if you're going to sleep, it may not be quite as effective. Um, um, many ways that we can pray, and there's a time for that. But there's also the other concept of just constantly being aware of the presence of God. That's prayer too. In a real sense, sort of a you know, sort of a running conversation. Maybe it's verbal, maybe it's nonverbal. A running conversation with God and uh, through life, God help me with this, or I got this thing coming up, or I got this going on, or saw a wreck the other day. I said, God, please help those people, and you know, and you know, help help them to to to, to be safe and help them to be uh, not be you know hurt or whatever. Um, that's just sort of the, that's just that's another thing, and that's what we're talking about when we talk about elevated living. It's it's just a living with a consciousness of God's continual presence because God is always there. It's always there. It's always it's always good to remember that elevated living uh, affects our attitudes. It affects our actions, and it's it's a life. It's it's just really living a life that is centered on on our Lord, on Christ, and focused on the vertical relationship with him and changes how we literally live. So I want to just unpack that for you, all right, as as we think about this statement. Elevated living is an everyday relationship with Christ that changes how we live. Um, So let's just do that. Let's just kind of unpack this a little bit. Here's what it looks like. What I want to do, I mean, my goal here, I'm going to just list a bunch of things here for you. And it's just to sort of unpack this one thing to come back to this theme that it's just an everyday relationship with Christ and it changes how we live. So it just gets you to think along some other lines here uh, as I go through some of those things. One of the things that elevated living does is it gives us a greater perspective, okay? Greater perspective. Um, perspective is a wonderful thing. 
Let me give you an example, and, and, and you, I'm sure you can correlate this and think about it in your own life in many ways. Uh, I, I occasionally, I don't do it every day, I don't do it every week, but I journal some. And I used to do it in my computer just to kind of, you know, what's going on so I can go back and remember and maybe see what happened or how God answered a prayer or something. And my journal is basically just, um, it's sort of like a conversation with God. You know, this happened, this happened, you know, thank you, Lord, for this or whatever. And I found one of my journals a few months ago uh, on a computer that, that I thought I had lost, the journal part. And uh, you know how that is. And um, I started reading through it, and it was from about 10 years ago now. And, um, and I was the pastor at the church in Colorado at that time. And, and I, I was writing there about some stuff, and I was kind of ambiguous. I, didn't, I wasn't writing specifics because I, I, I guess when you write that stuff, you just think you're going to remember everything. So I'm just writing, this is going on, this is going on, and it's just been a horrible month in my life. And God help me to have the strength. This is just terrible with all, with all this stuff falling down around me, yada, 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 yada. So I read this, and then I just stopped because I wasn't specific in my journal. I couldn't even remember what the issues were. I, could, I had no clue. I couldn't remember. At the time, it's life-changing. Ten years later, I can't even remember the issue. And it's not, I'm not that old, Okay. I mean, that's just how it works. So when you look back on some things with perspective, some of those things that you think are just life-changing, maybe they were just minor annoyances, you know? And, and sometimes they are life-changing. We don't always know that, you know? Somebody told me one time in a church, somebody, this was a situation, I was the same church, I was a pastor in, I don't know, this never happens in churches, but it happened in this one time. Somebody got mad. And um, that was a joke. And... Um, if somebody got mad about something, and I was all I was bothered about it because I don't like people to be mad. They weren't mad at me, but I don't like anybody to be mad. You know, I want people to be happy and you know, play golf and just let life go. You know, and so anyway, somebody was mad, and, and I said something to this guy, and he was a little older than me at the time. Uh, it's so funny. I, talk, I was telling the story in the, in the first service, and it just hit me as I was telling the story when I said he was older. I was thinking uh, he actually was about my age right now, so. I can no longer say that he's older. So anyway, um, he says to me this, very, very profound statement. He says, I'm sure that's a problem for you, Rich, but in the whole spectrum of life, I don't think it's life-changing. And uh, I thought, and I've always kind of thought back on that when things happen. Sometimes you stop, is this really life-changing? Well, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. Whether it is or whether it's not, one of the things we need to focus on is that elevated living is that everyday vertical relationship with Christ. It changes how we live. So perspective is a wonderful thing. Here's my test for you on perspective very quickly. Just, just think about this. Maybe talk about this with somebody later. What's the last thing that you got all out of sorts about? By out of sorts, I mean maybe you got angered, maybe you popped off, smarted off, maybe you got depressed, maybe you got grumpy. What was the last thing that happened? Maybe it was last night, I don't know. Sometimes you can look back on them like less than 24 hours. I do this with couples a lot when uh, married. I'm not, a, I'm not a therapist, but have the privilege from time to time to sit and just maybe facilitate some things going on with some uh, couples and so forth. And, and, and sometimes I'll, so I'll, just, I'll just ask mainly ask questions. Oh, what, who did what? Why did he do this? And they're all upset about something. And you say, okay, so you're really upset because he walked out the door without saying goodbye to you. You know, sometimes when you verbalize those things, it's like, yeah, 
That's pretty petty, isn't it? So just think about it. last thing you just the last thing just knocked you out of sorts. What was it? Talk to your mate or your good friend or kids or parents or whatever about it, just to kind of have a little fun exercise with that. And laugh about it now. It's okay, but it gives you some idea of how some of these things just are crazy, and we don't we don't keep the right perspective. So elevated living, you know, this twenty four seven vertical relationship with Christ that changes how we live. It, 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 we have a greater perspective. Another thing, we think differently about the world. We just think differently about it. We have a different worldview. Many times things that are very important lives and, and, and other things, that you, as, as we understand more about this whole thing of, of, of Christ and, and the Lord and having this eternal perspective, gives us a different worldview many times. Um, gives us greater accountability. Give us a greater accountability. You know, this, this word, I don't know if you, you may be aware of this, you may not be aware of this. This word accountability um, has kind of become a buzzword um, in the last probably 15 years uh, in certain Christian circles. And, and guys started things and, and women started things of being accountable. Sometimes as couples, sometimes guys to guys, sometimes women to women, sometimes couples to couples. And I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing at all. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. But, but here's, here's a good example of accountability. I, had, I have this, this friend who, um, you know, he and several of his friends travel a lot like a lot, of, like a lot of you do, and whether it be a day trip or a four or five day trip or whatever, and they would have this little accountability thing that they would do every time they would see each other, whether that was once a week or once every two weeks, they'd get together and they'd do this little accountability thing. Okay, did you do anything that you shouldn't have done? They would ask three questions. Did you do anything you shouldn't have done? Okay. Did, were you with anybody you shouldn't have been with? Okay. And then the third question was, did you watch anything that you shouldn't have watched? You know, maybe some inappropriate material on television or pay stuff or whatever. And then they would ask a fourth question every time, which is, are you lying about any of the previous three? <laughs> so my friends were telling me how this is pretty cool. And I said, that is pretty cool. I said, Except one thing. I said, he said, what? I said, well, if I lied about the first three, I'm sure it's not going to have a problem lying about the fourth question, you know? <laughs> My point is this. Accountability is terrific, and, and, and maybe that's something you need to think about. But there's always one issue that kind of lets the whole, it's a house of cards. It can fall on. You know what that is? People lie. People can lie. That come as a surprise to you? People lie, Okay. And therefore, the accountability is therefore null and void. Happens all the time. Sometimes people even lie to their pastor. That's a terrible thing, but it happens. Um, But here's the issue. When we have this understanding of elevated living, this this 24-7 vertical relationship with Christ that changes our lives, when we have that, guess what? We have greater accountability because guess who we can never lie to? Can never lie to God. Can never lie. He knows. And we have that kind of accountability. And that's, uh, that's, that's, tr- that's, that's true elevated living right there. Elevated living, greater perspective. You think differently about the world, greater accountability, higher standards of living, higher standards uh, for your life. And that's, that's because it's driven by the inward. It's not just driven by some external standard. It's driven by the inward, um, which is really the next one, which is we're as concerned about the inner life as we are about anything else because the inner life we know, drives the outward behavior. Um, you know, family, close friends, they become more of a priority 
when we understand this, this whole thing about elevated living. Family and close friends, that becomes more of an issue and more, more important um, with those things. And, and we, because we see these things have lasting value. Priorities change. Yeah, priorities change as well. Uh, oftentimes, not just, not just those priorities, but all priorities change. Um, you know, priorities, that's, that's another one of those, those weird things when we talk about priority and priority living and all that other kind of stuff. Because they have a way, I remember one time this couple, and they were having an issue with, um, they were about to get married, and they, she, and this, this could work either way. In this case, it was a she, could have easily been the he. She had her little time. She called it her, girl's, her girl time. It was once, at that time, as I recall, it was once a week. By the way, I, I feel bad saying this because I just married a couple, and this wasn't them, okay? They're right there, David and Sarah. This was not them. I just want to make sure everybody understands that for those of you who know, I just married them. Two weeks ago, they got back yesterday from their honeymoon. They, they, had, to, they, had, to, they had a real tough honeymoon. They went to Tahiti, okay? So uh, welcome back, okay, guys? And uh, you're still, yeah, you're still, um, still happy? You have any fights? Not, not one? Not one. Okay, 17-hour flight. I didn't know. And, um, <laughs> anyway, so this, this couple, not them, they were very concerned about her girl dot time. Because he was like, once a week, go off with your girlfriends, you know. And, and there was nothing wrong with what they were doing. It was a, it was a bunch of ladies, and they get together, they met some, some bar somewhere, and just have some drinks and talk and chit-chat and talk about life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And, I mean, there was nothing wrong with what they were doing. They weren't out, you know, flirting or picking up guys or whatever. It was just something that they would do. So, anyway, this is, a, I know it sounds silly, but this was a big issue for this, for this couple. And so I just, I was, you know, kind of helping them think through some of this stuff. And uh, so, you know, we talked and so forth, and, and, and finally, uh, finally the, the guy, we came to some sort of compromise where maybe they would do that once a month or maybe once every two weeks or whatever. Well, it wasn't very long, and we were, had the occasion to be together again, and I was asking them how they were doing, and, and they said, well, we got another issue now. And, you know, I said, well, first of all, how's the girl time? And the girl time was still holding out. It was doing well. And I, so they had another issue, and they said, uh, you know, so-and-so, we're pregnant. And I'm like, well, that's great. You know, that's just terrific. And, and uh, I'm, you know, big on babies. We love them. And uh, um, they said, well, and she says, you know, I just wonder what it's going to do to that, my, my girl time thing. And I said, you know what? I said, I'll tell you what, let's do. I said, let's don't even talk about that right now because that's not something we really need to discuss. I said, I'll talk to you about it after the baby gets here. I said, I'm not trying to avoid it. We'll just talk about it after the baby comes. Guess what? And <laughs> you know what happened. I said, Never really became an issue again, as you can imagine. Priorities totally changed. In that case, they were obviously, we know why those priorities changed. But um, in some cases, we may choose to change our priorities because we're in a different place. We're in a different place in life. So that, that kind of stuff, priorities change. God becomes practical. Um, and, and what I mean by that when I say God becomes practical, I mean, we, we begin to see the handiwork of God in everyday stuff, not just in what the insurance company defines as the acts of God, which are terribly ne- negative, aren't they? I mean, you know, hurricanes, floods, tornadoes, those are the acts of God. And I'm like, whoever wrote those things really did not have a very good theological understanding of who God is. But, but God becomes practical when we start understanding what it means to have this elevated living. 
We see the handiwork, of, maybe not immediately, but we see the handiwork of God just in the everyday turns up and down turns of life. And, and, and finally, for the, for the follower of Christ, Christ becomes central. Christ becomes central on this, this elevated living, this 24-7 vertical relationship with Christ changes how they live because Christ becomes a central focus of their life. How, I'm, how am I going to honor God with my life? And is this particular activity going to honor God or not? That's what I mean by, by Christ becoming central. So elevated living is this 24-7 vertical relationship that changes how we live. Now, there's one last question that we need to address. How does this happen? I mean, I've talked about this, and I've read it from you from, from Colossians there, and, and uh, this, is, this is the follower of Christ. This is the person who is the person of faith. So how does this happen? And I think that we need to just, to just touch on that for a moment, because I talk about this a lot. I talk around it sometimes. That's okay, too. But we also need just to, to, to directly uh, uh, confront it. I'm just going to give you three words to think about when I talk. And that's not a prescription or anything else, but it's just three, three thoughts to help you think through how does this, this elevated living, living really take place. The first thing that I will just say is acknowledgement. Acknowledgement, a, a simple acknowledgement that I'm broken. And I need God to start the process of putting me back together again. And, and, you know, when we come to grips with the fact that I'm just really just a selfish, petty, sinful individual who chose that way, really it happened with the fall of mankind, Adam and Eve, whether you believe that literally or figuratively, it happened there. And I'm a part of that. And I realize and I come to grips with, you know, it's not all that hard to figure out I'm broken and I need, I need some help and I need, I need God to start putting me back together. That's the key phrase, start putting me back together because God, you know, some people say I'm broken, I need fixed. Well, you're not going to get fixed totally in this life. You're not going to be fixed in this life. It's, it's the process. It's the process that God begins working in our heart. When we first come to Him with our choice and just say, God, here I am, I am broken in many different ways. This particular way is the way that I see it, and I need your help, and I want to. I want to just. I want to just pray, and that's the second. That's the second thing: acknowledgement and prayer. What kind of prayer? Lord's prayer, you know, Apostles' Creed. Well, those are fine, but maybe just a simple, heartfelt prayer of God. I'm broken, and I need your help, and that's why Jesus came. And that's really the gospel. That's the good news that Christ came for people, broken people like you and me. You know, that's the issue here. A simple prayer of, of trust in Christ doesn't have to be, you know, somebody prayer that somebody else wrote for you. doesn't have to be some prayer that, that uh, somehow or another I read somewhere or that I memorized somewhere. It's always funny how people talk about prayer. Sometimes they think they're going to, you know, they always think they've served our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That doesn't have to be a prayer like that. It's fine if you want it to be. But I'm talking about a prayer that just follows your heart of acknowledging the fact that I'm broken and I need Christ in my life. That's why he came. That's why he went to the cross, died, rose again to give me the ability to have a relationship with my creator so that I could become whole again when the process takes place for your life, your journey of, of faith. That's, and that's the third thing. Acknowledgement, prayer, faith. It's just believing God through Christ can give you the inner strength needed for the daily grind. 
Sometimes that's a great need. Sometimes it's not as great as others, depending on what's going on in your life. Um, and, and, and faith keeps us aware of that. That's what we mean when we talk about being a person of faith in Christ. It's a person who recognizes and acknowledges, I'm broken, I'm a sinner. And I need, I just want to acknowledge that and I just want to pray and ask God to work in my heart. That's coming to Christ. That's what it is. And that, that begins this whole process, this lifelong quest of elevated living because it's a 24-7 everyday relationship with Christ and it changes how we live, how we think, and how we act. And I would pray that God would give you and me the ability and the, and, and the faith that we need as we seek to live that, that everyday life in relationship with Christ. Let's pray that together right now. God, we uh, are, are so humbled by the need that we have for you. I pray, God, that the Spirit of God would continue to work in our lives for some of us, that's going to mean that we're going to be in a place that um, it, it's a matter of just thinking about the relationship that we already have with you and to be aware of this, this, this elevated living. For some of us, it's going to be, for some of us, it's going to be the initial process of just saying, Lord, here I am, and, I, and I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I just want to, I just right now want to acknowledge I need you. I'm broken, and I need you to start the process of, of working in my life. For some of us, that's going to be right now. We're going to pray that. Wherever we are on this spectrum, God, I pray that the Spirit of God would be actively at work in all of our lives. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.